0: Hello everyone, are we all right? Are we doing okay? Thank you for that positive response. Um, So uh, this week, guys, I was on a writing week. I wasn't in the office. Um, Sorry if you have sent me an email this week. I definitely haven't responded to it. Um, I was trying to finish a diploma uh, and I wrote 7,000 words this week. All right, thank you. I was gonna say hold your applause to the end, but that's fine. Um, uh, And, uh, Thankfully, last week, the week before this, um, God woke me up in the middle of the night and, uh, and I sat down at the kitchen table and the Lord just said, look, just look at the passage and I want you to write down, just go through verse by verse and just write down what I'm going to say. So I just w- literally went through verse by verse uh, and, uh, and wrote down some things that I think the Lord might be saying. So I'm going to share some thoughts with you tonight, uh, uh, but first I'm going to tell you a quick story. How many of you, I'm sure many of you have heard, uh, many of you have been Christians for a while. If you heard of that phrase that people say often in Christianity, oh, you've grown so much. People, Christians love to use this, this phrase. Um, I've never been much of a fan of it. Uh, if you've been a Christian for longer than six months, people will like, will just come up and say to you, oh, you've grown. And I always just think, well, I wasn't a midget uh, before I arrived. But um, uh, But I prefer the phrase, or not, not really Phrase. I prefer a way of thinking that is, you've got a full diamond inside of you, that, and when you take out a diamond out of rock for the first time, it's it's, it's often covered, it is covered, in a shell of rock, only you can see normally just a tiny glint of a diamond. And, uh, and uh, you have to laboriously knock off the rock, and carefully knock off the rock around the diamond in order to expo- expose more and more of the diamond. Uh, and uh, I don't really know how you'd say that to someone, like, yeah I don't know how to'd say that yeah stephen you're you're looking really like someone's knocked something off you this week i don't know um but I prefer that phrase because because it, it implies that you've you've got something inside of you already that isn't changing that's already there in its fullness uh, when I became a christian i I became a Christian at New Wine, which some of you will know uh, uh I was four or five um, in the in the kids' venue uh I remember I was deeply experiencing the Holy Spirit in the worship, and then someone got up on stage and just said, if anyone wants to give their life to Jesus, (sighs) sorry, (laughs) today, then um, they can. And um, I stood up, I kept my eyes closed. I could have been the only one in the entire venue. It could have been hundreds of us, I don't know. Um, But I experienced the goodness of God in my heart. And, uh, And that day I received the fullness of who God is, by his Holy Spirit, it was when I understood enough of the heart of God to know there was nothing better uh, that was worth dedicating my life to. So all I want to say from that, at the start of this sermon, uh, is that if you are here today and you can say that Jesus is Lord in your spirit, Jesus is Lord in your spirit, and I, you know, Jesus was my friend before that time, I know, but it was that day I decided Jesus was my Lord. Uh then you already have the fullness of God dwelling within you. It might be covered. It might be encrusted in a shell of rock. But that is the life of a disciple. That day by day, year by year, month by month, God chips away at the rock and exposes the diamond. That is the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Okay, let's dive into the passage. 1 Samuel 16. Samuel, or Saul has just been rejected uh, as king of Israel by God. Uh, He didn't fulfill the word of the Lord properly, and so God has rejected him and has sent Samuel to go and anoint a new king of Israel. This is verse one. What is anointing? Anointing physically is where someone puts oil on something, rubs oil into something. Uh, Spiritually, it's about... Uh, a sign, it's a spiritual sign of setting someone apart for a divine purpose. It's also about empowering them for that purpose, and it can also be a form of protection from something. Uh, That's what we mean when we say anointing. Uh, It's also related to fire. Oil catches fire, uh, and in scripture we see uh, fire a few times, um, and it's a spiritual sign of something going on, of the Holy Spirit moving on someone whether it's tongues of fire in Acts or whether it's a burning bush uh, that Moses encounters. um, Oil is also a sign that this person is ready to be set on fire for the things of the kingdom and the things of the Lord. So Samuel's told to go and anoint this new king. And in verse one, we find him mourning over the lost potential of Saul as king. So here's the first thing I felt that God was saying. What do we need to let go of in order to follow God's call? Because Samuel had this incredible dream for Saul. Saul could have been so much. He could have been the king that unified Israel under God's banner and to fulfill the entire promise of the word of the Lord uh, to this entire nation. But unfortunately, Saul has fallen. He's gone his own way. He's forsaken the word of the Lord, and God's rejected him. But still, Samuel is mourning over the loss. And we all might have dreams in our lives uh, and in the, and for our lives in the world, that we long to see God's potential fulfilled. Uh, but God knows when it's time to move on. God knows when it's time to move on. Are you currently mourning about something that you thought, I'm sure there's potential here. I haven't seen it fulfilled when God's actually saying it's time to move on. Next thing, what is God calling you to? It says again in verse 1 that that God told Samuel to fill his horn with oil. That's a sign of the potential that God's sending with Samuel, this new calling. When God calls you to something new, there is always a brimming, overflowing potential of what God is going to do in this new calling. The anointing oil in the Old Testament is a sign of the power that God is going to pour out on someone. So when God calls us to something new, we carry with us a promise of God of a pouring out of his power. When God calls you to something new, he always pours out his power to anoint you for his plans and purposes. Filling you with his anointing oil that is ready to be set alight for the purposes of the kingdom. Next thing, when we're going after God's calling in our lives, who is God calling you to? With God, it's never just a what. God's heart is always after people. It's always for people. Who is God calling you to? It's not a ministry. If people exist to bless a ministry, then it's an unhealthy ministry. Ministry exists to bless people. And God's ministry exists to bless people. So if you want to check when you think you've received a call from God, is this from the Lord? Ask yourself, does it bless people? And uh, for those of us who are old hands uh, in this whole Christian business, um, we'll know that uh, God often sends us to anoint other things, other people, uh, for his plans and purposes. And always, always, always I've experienced that when you anoint someone new, or you see a fresh anointing on someone else, someone younger than you, someone coming into a new season, whatever it is, uh, their anointing looks so shiny and so good, and you can't have it. And so it's worth just noting for those of us who have been in the game for a while or will be in the game for a while, decide now that you're going to be pleased for that person. Decide now that you're going to rejoice for that person and not get bitter uh, that they have something that you want. It's really important. That's what happens with Saul and David. Uh, Rejoice with them. Don't get bitter about it. Choose now. Okay, let's go into verse two. That's all right. Thanks, Joe. Samuel's immediate reaction to God's calling is to whine. I totally get that. Uh, How can I go? Saul is going to kill me if I go. Uh, This is the exact same reaction that Moses had, actually, at the burning bush. How can I go, Lord? Pharaoh is going to surely kill me uh, if I go. God's call is scary. If you think you've had a call from God to go somewhere, and it doesn't require you to call on some courage then it's not God's call. If it doesn't require you to step out of a comfort zone, then it's not God's call on your life. If it's attainable in your own power, it's not God's call on your life. It is always something that's going to require you to have faith in God. I love God's response to Samuel here. Samuel says, how can I go, Lord? I will be murdered if I do this. God says, take a heifer with you. Thank you for the laugh. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. If I was Samuel, I would say, Lord, you misheard me. I said, how can I go? God's response, don't forget your cow. God often answers the question that we should have been asking in the first place. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever found this in your prayers. Uh, You might cry out to the Lord, give me a boyfriend, give me a girlfriend. We've all been there. Uh, And the Lord's response is, here, have some patience. Okay, Is is anyone? Does that make sense? Okay, cool, great, great, good. Not just me, thank goodness. Um, So what should we be asking? God God answers the question. What answers the question we should have been asking? We should have been asking, yes, Lord is there anything else I need to know before I go? When God calls and you know it's him and it's scary, your response should be, yes, Lord. Is there anything else I need to know before I go? Don't forget the cow. All right, carrying on. Next part of the story, Samuel takes his cow and uh, he goes to Bethlehem and he's ready to anoint the one that the Lord indicates. Uh, And so he invites this family, uh, Jesse and his sons, to meet with him there. Uh, And then as soon as Samuel sees Jesse's oldest son, a guy called Eliab, he thinks, this is in verse 6, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Surely this is the Lord's anointed. This is my next point. Humans cannot recognize anointing. We are really bad at it. We don't recognize it without input from the spirit. Humans cannot recognize anointing. Now Samuel's a guy who knows God. He's been in the game for a while. He knows how the Lord works. And the moment he sees Eliab, he is convinced that this man is God's chosen one to lead Israel. This guy is a good looking guy. He is tall. He is muscly. I'm not going to indicate myself. Uh, guys, get married. It really takes out the uh, motivation to go to the gym. Um, <laughs> he's probably got that glow of someone who like works outside in the Middle East. His tan will be on point, guys. Absolutely on point. Samuel thinks, surely, this is the one. And I want you to notice there, just the strength of Samuel's conviction, because it's funny. He sees the tall, handsome guy, and he thinks, surely. That means there's no doubt that Samuel knew that this is God's chosen one. Are there any single people in the room who are relating to this? Come on, surely, surely this is the one. We must have all had that moment. Anyway. Did anyone, uh, did anyone here like have, have ever um, a list, when, when you were single or if you are single, ever have a list of the person they were gonna sort of get married to or wanted to get married to? They'd sort of like say, okay, I want them to be six foot one and I want them to have blue eyes. and like, Anyone have that list? Okay, it doesn't have to be like a written down list. It could have been a character list as well. I want them to be kind. Anyone, please, please, ha- yeah. I'm not the only one who vaguely had a list. Okay, cool, thank you. Married people, uh, who had that list? Who married the person who fulfilled everything perfectly on that list? <laughs> really? Simon, wow, your wife is a total legend, or you're just very picky I don't, I don't one of the two um, okay, that's one percent. one percent of married people uh, in England I'll just claim that in England uh, did not marry the person that they wished they were going to marry. Single people take note and I' am just going to speak to the single people for a second because uh, I felt the Lord that I should. Uh, at some point you will meet an Eliab single I'm looking at the youth because you guys are all single at some point you will meet an Eliab that could be a girl or a guy uh, and that person will have everything perfect their hair their face their body they'll be charming everything and you will know without a doubt that this is the lord's anointed if you know what I mean And the Lord will be standing beside you at that moment. And he won't be looking at any of that stuff. Because he'll be looking at the heart of that person. And at that point, it is essential that you go and question the Lord about them. Because people look on the outside, but God looks at the heart. It's not a criticism, it's a fact. You do. You look on the outside. I look on the outside. We all look on the outside. But God is looking at the heart. It's imperative that you ask the Lord about who you're gonna go out with. Before I started dating Fiona, uh, I knew her for a year. And that was helpful because it meant that I could see her in uh, different outfits. No, I'm joking. (laughs) uh, (laughs) She pulled everything off fantastically. (laughs) <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean that last bit. I've, I've only just noticed what I actually said there. It's fine. We're married. I'm allowed to, Nothing. Okay, let's move on. Otherwise, this isn't, this isn't going to make the podcast at this rate. All right. I was able to see her in different uh, circumstances. Let's go with that. Um, through the good, through the bad... I was also able to see how she reacted when her friends were going through the good and when her friends were going through the bad, but we weren't in that relationship yet, so I wasn't involved. I wasn't part of the part of the thing where you can't really see what's going on properly. Very helpful. Uh, about halfway through the year, I started to like her, and uh, I didn't act on it until two weeks before um, the end of Academy, the end of the year that I knew her, the first year. And two weeks before the end of the year, God said, Go. And I was like, no problem. And I went and we dated for two weeks, uh, became amazing friends over two weeks. And then just the summer straight after that, we started going out. Wait for the Lord's call and then don't hesitate to go for it. How do I know it was the Lord? Because on our very first date, we went for a walk in Hyde Park uh, and we could hear some music. And Fiona said, I think that's live. And I was like, definitely not live. And uh, we walked along for a bit. She was like, no, it's definitely live. And we found ourselves halfway through our first ever date in the middle of a live Coldplay concert in Hyde Park. And no one can tell me that the Lord didn't organize that date. (laughs) The Lord doesn't judge an outward appearance like we do. He doesn't judge Eliab. He doesn't choose Eliab, but he chooses David. At the end of the passage... Uh, He lets every single one, seven brothers, pass before him before he settles on David. The least significant. The one that people forgot in the field. But the one that the Lord chose. And you know, when Jesus came, the Israelites didn't recognize him. They were waiting for someone big and strong. He was going to ride into Jerusalem on a horse and uh, defeat the Romans. And instead, what they got was a man with nothing special in his, his appearance, nothing that would draw you to him. But he was kind and he loved people. And he was selfless. And yes, he had incredible power, but never once did he use it for his own gain. Instead, he laid it down. And uh, if you're single, the, the, uh, the thing that God wants for you is someone not perfect, that doesn't exist, but someone who's honest, someone who is pure in heart, uh, and someone who is courageous to fight for the name of the Lord. Jesus lays down his power when Satan comes to tempt him in the desert. He lays it down again when the gods come to arrest him in the garden. And then he laid it down again when he hung on a cross for our sins. Truth is, if you want to be a man, the man that God has called you to be, or a woman, the woman that God has called you to be, you need to lay down your power, lay down your pride for the sake of those around you. And only the Holy Spirit can enable us to do that. At the end of it all, one day, we'll come before God and it will turn out that God is looking at your heart. Not your deeds, not your accomplishments, not your outward appearance. Just your heart. And there's going to be two reactions to that in the room. Half of you, or some of you, it's going to be some relief. Because we're really glad that doesn't, God doesn't judge us on the outward stuff. Uh, and others of us will feel worried. Because the truth is, we don't feel like our hearts are looking very good right now. And for you guys, I just want to read this passage um, of scripture. Because it's really important for you to hear it. This is Ezekiel 36, 24. It just says, I will take you out of the nations. I'll gather you from all the countries and bring you back to your own land. I think talking about heaven. I'll sprinkle clean water on you and you will become clean. I'll cleanse you from your impurities, from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move, move you to follow my decrees, be careful to keep my laws, and then you'll live in the land I gave your ancestors. That's heaven again. You will be my people, and I will be your God. That's the promise of the gospel. It's a new heart paid for by Jesus, who was pure and gave himself up for you. And our hope is in his risen life. So when you're responding to the call of God, is he telling you to stop mourning over something? Is he, t- is he calling you to people? Has he anointed you? That's important stuff, but the most important thing is this heart. And if you haven't got that heart in you, uh, you might know that now. You might feel the Holy Spirit just uh, tugging a little bit at your heart right now uh, and just saying, actually, uh, I, want you to, I want to have this. I want, I want this heart. God's saying, I want this heart. And he won't take it, but, he, but he's sure as heck asking for it. And if that's you, and you just feel like God's asking for your heart. Maybe it's a heart of stone right now but God's promise is a heart of flesh, Uh, then uh, I just encourage you to respond. As the band come up, um, I want to pray for you guys. Why don't we just uh, invite the Holy Spirit and, um, and see what he wants to do. If it's helpful to close your eyes, then do. If it's helpful to open your hands, then do. Let's not worry about the people around us for a moment. Let's not worry about how we appear. But let's just come before God and, and let's be honest. And Jesus, we invite your Holy Spirit. Would you just come and have this space? Would you come and do whatever you want to do? service just uh, had the word about healing, um, and when I just asked the Lord, oh, what kind of healing, maybe, you know, physical healing, um, but I felt uh, nudged after like a minute that it was actually uh, healing for hearts, um, I think probably, you know, a bit for all of us, but um, just if you're here today and you just feel a bit heartbroken or this week, you've been reminded of a heartbreak that's just, yeah, still hurting, might be with another person, but might be with God. And then you just want some prayer, then please do come there, be team over there, and just we'd love to pray for you just for healing for your heart if that's what's going on. And you might not know that that's what's going on right now, but um, I'm sure the spirit, the spirit might give you a little. had the same sense, if you just feel like your heart is currently covered in stone, people just have a sense of their heart being covered in stone, and that's, well, we just want to pray for you, um, we're not going to do anything weird, but we will just love to pray for you, it would be awesome, um, Actually, uh, Lydia, and John, if you guys just want to be well it would be amazing, potentially. All right, we're going to carry on in worship, and then uh, and let's just keep engaging with the Holy Spirit pray more of you, Father. We'll just pray where hearts are broken right now and just come as a healer. We'll just come as father to those who are feeling like orphans. We'll just come as restorer to those who are feeling like they've got hard hearts right now.